Lesson 3 of Elements of Conchology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lauren Huff. Elements of Conchology by William Ruschenberger. Lesson 3. Class of Gastropoda. General Conformation. Classification. Order of Gastropoda Pulmonia. Organization. Division into two families. Family of terrestrial pulmonia. Limax. Vaginulus. Helix. Bolimus. Pupa. Chondrus. Clausilia. Acatina. Family of aquatic pulmonia. Onchidium. Planorbis. Limnius. Physa. Auricula. Order of Gastropoda pectinibranchiata. Organization. Classification. Family of trochoides. Trochus. Turbo. Delphinula. Turritella, Cyclostoma, Valvata, Paludina, Litterina, Monodon, Phasianella, Ampularia, Janthina, Nerita. Class of Gastropoda. Mollusks that are provided with a head and crawl upon the belly, or swim by means of a fin formed of this part of the body, constitute a very numerous class, the type of which is the slug and snail. The body is elongated and terminated anteriorly by a more or less developed head, which ordinarily has tentacula inserted above the mouth, and the back is furnished with a mantle, which extends more or less, and the belly is covered by a fleshy mass, generally in the form of a broad disc, and serves the animal for crawling on the ground, but which is sometimes very much compressed, and then constitutes a vertical fin. Many of these animals are entirely naked. Others have an internal shell concealed in the thickness of the mantle, but most of them have an external shell and this calcareous envelope is almost always sufficiently large to contain them entirely and afford them protection. The arrangement of these shells varies much. Sometimes they are composed of many pieces, at others of a single piece. Sometimes they are symmetrical, at others not symmetrical, and in this last case, in proportion as they are elongated, they are rolled or twisted upon themselves and constitute a spirally twisted cone. This last form, which is seen in the shell of the snail, is the most common in gastropods, and presents numerous varieties. Sometimes the part which grows less rapidly and upon which the cone rolls itself is full, and sometimes empty. It is called columella, or pillar, and when empty we give the name of umbilicus to this opening. If the turns of the shell remain in the same plane, the spire is flat or concave, and the general form of the shell is discoid, resembling a disc, as in the planorbis. Sometimes the height of each turn completely envelopes the preceding involutions, so that the spire is concealed, but in most cases the turns are inclined towards the edge of the columella, and there results an oblique spire, which is more acute in proportion as the cone is less rapidly widened. Those shells are called turbinated, in which the first turns are raised above the succeeding ones, forming a projecting spire, and it is remarked that the turns or whirls are almost always directed from the right side. Sometimes, however, the spire of these turbinated shells is turned from the left side of the animal, and in this case they are said to be perverse. The mass of the viscera occupies the upper part of the cone formed by these shells, and always remains enclosed in it, but the head and foot project externally when the animal extends itself to walk, and return again into the last turn of the spire when it contracts, and the size of this latter part of the shell and the form of its opening are always in relative proportion to the foot. In most of the aquatic gastropod mollusks with a spiral shell, there is a horny or calcareous disc or door called operculum, which is fixed to the posterior part of the foot and which closes the entrance of the shell when the animal retires into it. The operculum of certain small shells constitutes what is vulgarly termed an eye stone, 
The organs of respiration are formed sometimes for breathing the air and sometimes for aquatic respiration, but in mollusks with a spiral shell, they are always lodged in the last turn of the spire and receive the ambient element beneath its edge, either by a hole pierced through the mantle or between the body and the free edge of this cutaneous fold, which is also often prolonged into a canal, by means of which the animal can obtain the fluid, whether air or water, necessary for its respiration, without putting its head or foot out of its shell. In this latter case, the shell has on its edge a notch or canal destined to lodge the respiratory tube. This notch is near the termination of the columella, and on the side opposite to that towards which the spire is directed. Consequently, this canal is to the left in the common species, and to the right in perverse shells. The heart is always aortic. It is generally composed of an auricle and a ventricle, and its position, as is the case with the respiratory tube, is in relation to the direction of the spire of the shell. This organ is situate on the same side with the tube, that is, on the side opposite to that towards which the shell turns, and the procreative organs, the form of which varies much, are always placed on this latter side, and consequently on the side opposite to the heart. The mouth is surrounded by contractile lips, and sometimes armed with horny teeth, which occupy the palate. In many other animals of this class, the anterior part of the esophagus is very fleshy, and possesses the faculty of projecting itself externally, in such a manner as to constitute a trunk. Sometimes the stomach is also furnished with cartilaginous or bony pieces, proper for dividing food. The intestine is folded on itself and lodged between the lobes of the liver and ovary, and the anus is almost always situate on the right side of the body. In this class, the organs of the senses are less developed than in the cephalopods. The tentacles, which most gastropods bear on their front, varying in number from two to six, serve chiefly for tact and perhaps for smell. No organ of hearing has been found, and their eyes, which are sometimes wanting, are very small and of a very simple structure. They resemble those of the nautilus, and are sometimes adherent to the head and sometimes borne at the base on the side or at the end of the tentacula. The class of gastropods is divided into eight orders, the principal characteristics of which are derived from the disposition of the branchial apparatus. Order of Gastropoda pulmonea. Gastropods formed for aerial respiration have no branchiae, but have a cavity on the back, upon the parietes of which the pulmonary vessels form a complicated network, and the lung receives the external air through a hole in the edge of the mantle, above the right side of the nape, which is susceptible of being opened or shut at the will of the animal. All the pulmonic gastropods are not, however, terrestrial mollusks. Many of them live in the water, but then they are obliged to come to the surface from time to time to obtain air necessary for their respiration. All these animals feed on vegetable substances. The order of pulmonic gastropods is divided into two families, the terrestrial pulmonia and the aquatic pulmonia. The family of pulmonia terrestria are generally recognized with ease by their four tentacles. These appendages are retractile, and those forming the upper pair, which are longest, have the eyes at their extremities. The mouth is armed with one palatine tooth and a small tongue studded with microscopic teeth, and the body varies in form. Some are naked or only provided with an internal shell, while others have an external shell spirally twisted with a blunt summit and the mouth without a notch. The small tribe formed by the first is divided into limax, vaginula, etc. The tribe of terrestrial pulmonia with an external shell comprises the genera of helix, vitrina, bilimus, pupa, chondrus, succinia, clausilia, and acatina. The limaces, slugs, form the type of the terrestrial pulmonia without apparent shell. The body, as everyone knows, is elongated, and their mantle is a fleshy disc, scarcely separated from the rest of the skin, and which only occupies the forepart of the back, where it covers the pulmonary cavity. It often encloses in its thickness a small, flat shell. 
On the right side of this species of shield, there is a notch, at the bottom of which we observe a contractile opening that leads into the pulmonary cavity. The anus is situate upon the anterior border of this respiratory orifice, and a third opening belonging to the procreative apparatus is situate on the external side of the base of the right superior tentacle. The four tentacula are cylindrical, more or less swelled at the end, and hollow. They are drawn in and pushed out on unrolling themselves, like the inverted fingers of a glove, by the aid of muscular fibers lodged in their interior. The eyes, which are borne on the ends of the superior tentacles, are black. The mouth is armed with a sort of palatine tooth in the form of a crescent and a smooth tongue. The heart is lodged in a particular cavity beneath the mantle, and is composed of an oval auricle which receives a large pulmonary vein, and a pear-shaped ventricle from which the aorta arises. And there exists near the heart a secretory apparatus which pours out a viscid matter upon the external surface through an excretory canal opening near the respiratory orifice. These animals are herbivorous. They feed principally upon young plants, fruits, mushrooms, and are most voracious toward evening. During the heat of the day they remain concealed in holes under stones, or some heap of half-decayed leaves, or even in the earth, and they seldom go out except in the morning and evening when the air is humid. They are especially abundant after rain. During the cold season they bury themselves in the ground and remain torpid. Some, called arions, have the pulmonary orifice situate near the anterior part of the dorsal shield, such as the limax rufus, which is everywhere met with in wet weather. A decoction of the species is sometimes used in France for pulmonary disorders. The others, named limax properly so called, or lima, have this orifice situate more posteriorly, and frequently have a pretty well-formed internal shell. The limax cinereus, which inhabits caves and shady forests, belongs to this division, as well as the limax agrestis, which abounds in some countries and is very injurious to agriculture. We give the names of Virginula, Testicella, and Parmacella to other naked gastropods, nearly resembling the limaces, but which differ from them in the position of the anus, the extent of the mantle, etc. The snails, helix, form the most important tribe of terrestrial pulmonia with a complete and apparent shell. Their organization differs very little from that of the limaces. The mantle, instead of being in the form of a convex shield, constitutes a large cone twisted on itself, containing the viscera which is covered by the shell. We distinguish them by their shell, the opening of which is ordinarily raised like a pad or collar, forming a thickened lip in the adult. The shell is a little twisted by the projection of the penultimate whorl of the spire, and in this way takes somewhat of a crescent shape. In snails properly so called, this opening is at least as broad as high, and the shell is sometimes globular and sometimes depressed. The habits of these mollusks are nearly the same as those of the limaces. In the summer they are very voracious, but in the autumn they eat very little, and on the approach of winter they retire into some hole, draw themselves into their shell, shutting up the mouth with the calcareous matter secreted by the edge of the mantle, and remain torpid until spring. Very curious and frequently repeated experiments have proved that not only do wounds inflicted on these animals readily heal, but that considerable portions of the body, after being removed, can be renewed. The eyes, the tentacles, and even the head of snails have been known to be entirely renewed in this way. A very great number of species of snails are known. They are found in all parts of the world. We give the name of vitrina to snails of the shell which is very thin, flattened, and unprovided with a thickened lip, and too small to enclose the body entirely. Some small species are found in Europe. The bulimes, bulimus, have an elongated shell, the opening higher than wide, furnished with a thickened lip and without notches. A small species which is found in France is remarkable for the singular habit of successively breaking the whorls of the apex of the shell. There is a large species in Brazil which is eaten as a delicacy. Other mollusks of the same tribe, the genus Pupa, 
have an ellipsoid or even almost cylindrical shell, with the opening higher than wide, furnished with a thickened, notched, and generally dentate lip. They are of small size and live in humid places among moss, etc. Shells of the genus Chondrus also have a notched and dentate lip, but their form is more ovoid. The genus of Clausilia is composed of small mollusks which live in moss at the roots of trees and have a shell similar to that of the pupa, but much more slender and pointed. The Ambrettes, Sixinia, differ from all the preceding in the absence of a thickened lip around the opening of the shell which is oval and too small to lodge the entire animal. The shell is thin and translucent and obtains its name from a supposed resemblance to amber. They live upon plants that grow along the margins of rivulets and brooks. The genus of Acatina is composed of large snails, which, in warm countries, feed on shrubs. They have an oblong shell with the opening wider than it is high, without a thickened lip, and truncate at the extremity of the columella, a disposition somewhat analogous to that of the shell of most marine gastropods. The family of Pulmonia aquatica have but two tentacles. Their mode of respiration obliges them to come frequently to the surface of the water to breathe. They cannot keep at great depths, and they ordinarily live in fresh waters or near coasts. As in the preceding family, we find here mollusks without a shell, and others that are provided with one. The first form the genus of Onchidium, which have a very straight and very extensible elongated body. They inhabit the fresh waters of the warm parts of both continents. The second are subdivided into the genera of Planorbis, Limnia, Auricula, etc. The mollusks of the genus Planorbis have a thin shell rolled upon the same plane, which is consequently discoid, and the whorls very gradually increase in size. Their tentacles are long and filiform, and the eyes are placed at the internal side of their base. These gastropods feed on vegetable substances and inhabit stagnant waters. In winter they bury themselves in the mud and lie torpid. The limnia have the same habits and are almost always found in the same localities as the Planorbis, from which they are readily distinguished by the form of their shell the spire of which is oblong. Their tentacles are thick and triangular. In the laying season, they are often found in great numbers joined together, so as to form a sort of chaplet. They swim on the back, with the ventral disc extended on the surface of the water, and in the winter they become torpid like the planorbis. We give the name of physa to small mollusks found in fountains, the shell of which is similar to that of the limnia, but is very thin, without a thick lip, and without a fold on the columella. The animal, when it crawls or swims, covers its shell with the two lobes of its mantle. In other respects, it closely resembles the limnia. The auriculae differ from the preceding by having large, oblique grooves upon the columella of their shell, which is oval or oblong. The name is derived from the shape of the opening, resembling a human ear. Many of these gastropods are of considerable size. One species is found on the shores of the Mediterranean. Order of Pectinibranchiata This division of the class of gastropods is the most numerous in genera and species. It comprises nearly all the mollusca, in which the shell is univalve and spirally twisted, and many of those in which the shell is simply conical. The most remarkable feature of almost all these animals is the arrangement of the branchial apparatus, but this character is not constant, for in two genera, Cyclostoma and Helicina, which in other respects are too nearly allied to the ordinary pectinobranchiata to be separated from them, there are no branchii, and their respiration, which is aerial as in pulmonia, is carried on by means of a vascular network that lines the bottom of the respiratory cavity. This cavity occupies the last whorl of the shell and opens externally by a great slit situate betwixt the body and the edge of the mantle. In most instances, it lodges branchii, which are composed of small leaves or fringes arranged parallel, and attached to its superior parietes upon one, two, or three lines, according to the genus. 
All these mollusks have two tentacles and two eyes, sometimes borne on particular peduncles. The mouth is in the form of a tube or trunk, and encloses a tongue armed with small hooks. The males have, on the right side of the neck, an appendage, sometimes very thick, which cannot in general be drawn into the body of the animal, but is folded into the branchial cavity. The rectum and the oviduct are also found on the right side of this cavity, and near them we remark a particular organ, enclosing a very viscid humor, designed to form a common envelope around the eggs. This order is divided into three families. In the two first, that of the trachoides and of the capuloides, there is no siphon by the aid of which the animal can breathe without leaving its shell, while in the third family, that of the buccinoides, there is a respiratory tube formed by a prolongation of the edge of the pulmonary cavity on the left side, which passes through a corresponding canal or notch in the shell. The family of trachoides are distinguished from other pectinobranch gastropods without a siphon by the form of their shell, which is spiral, with an entire aperture and by the existence of an operculum or some organ in the place of it. This family is divided into three tribes, which are distinguished by the form of the opening of the shell, namely, trochus, in which this opening, angular at its external edge, is nearly quadrangular, and as regards to the axis of the shell lies in an oblique plane, the tribe turbo, in which the mouth of the shell is perfectly round, and the tribe of hemicyclostoma, in which this opening is more or less in the form of a crescent, as in the helices. The trochus, so called from the general form of the shell, that of a top, its spire is more or less raised and terminates in a point, and the circumference is trenchant or carinate. Animals of this tribe are mollusks with a short foot, the mantle ordinarily furnished on the edge of two or three pairs of filiform appendages, the two eyes being placed on a swelling at the base of the tentacles, the mouth armed with a sort of spirally rolled tongue, and the anus opens on the right side of the respiratory cavity, which encloses two unequal branchiae. The operculum is horny and marked by numerous spiral turns. The tribe of Trochus is divided into several little groups according to the absence or presence of an umbilicus and some other not very important characters. The Solarium is a Trochus in which the shell is conical in form with a quadrangular aperture and an extremely flaring umbilicus. The anterior edges of all the involutions or whorls of the spire are marked by a crenulated cord that is, notched on the edge. Among the Trochi, properly so called, with an umbilicated shell, we will mention the Trochus agglutinans, which is found in the West Indies and Pacific. It has the singular faculty of gluing to itself movable bodies found on the ground on which it rests. Sometimes it glues stones and sometimes shells or pieces of shells according to the place where it is found. From this habit of building out its habitation from materials not its own, it is sometimes called the mason. There are some without an umbilicus, very conical and very tall, that are marked by numerous whorls in the spire with crossing striae. The extremity of the columella is much twisted and projects beyond the origin of the lip. Another variety is remarkable for a deep excavation at the base of the columella, resembling an umbilicus and a projection of the circumference. There are other species without an umbilicus, conical with a very oblique base, the aperture large, slightly angular, the columella twisted and forming a kind of tooth at its termination such as the rainbow trochus, the nacre of which is a beautiful golden green, with very brilliant reflections of red. The tribe of turbo comprises all the pectinobranch gastropods which have a completely and regularly turbinated shell, terminated by an entirely round aperture. In it we range the turbo properly so-called delphinula, turritella, scalaria, cyclostoma, valvata, etc. 
The turbos, properly so-called, are recognized by the round or oval thick shell, in which the aperture is completed within by the whorl of the spire next to the last. These mollusks have two long tentacles, which at their base externally support the pedunculated eyes. On the sides of the foot we remark the membranous wings, sometimes simple, sometimes fringed or furnished with one or two filaments, and their operculum is sometimes horny, at others calcareous or extremely thick. Among the varieties of this genus is the turbopica, which inhabits the equatorial regions of the Atlantic Ocean. It is a common, heavy shell. It has a horny operculum, and is remarkable for a tooth situate at the orifice of the umbilicus. The delphinula has a thick shell like the last, but rolled almost in the same plane, and the aperture is entirely formed by the last whorl of the spire. The most common species is remarkable for its twisted and branching spines. The turritella and scolaria have a very elongated spire. In the first, the mouth or aperture of the shell is formed as in the turbo, properly so called, and in the last it is similar to that of the delphinula. The wintel trap, or precious scolaria, has the volutions connected by longitudinal ribs. The cyclostomi, which are distinguished by the absence of branchiae and by their arterial respiration, also have a shell with a round mouth, closed by a thin circular operculum. It is in form of an oval spire and finely striated transversely. These animals live in woods, under moss and stones. Finally, the freshwater mollusks, named valvata, in which the shell somewhat resembles that of the planorbis, but has a circular aperture, furnished with an operculum, also take their place here. One species, which inhabits stagnant waters in France, has been called the feather-bearer, from the manner in which the branchia, which is in the form of a feather, is protruded and floats on the surface of the water when the animal wishes to breathe. The tribe of hemicyclostoma is composed of pectinibranch gastropods, which resemble snails in the form of their shell, of which the whorl next to the last presents a sunken arch, which gives its aperture more or less resemblance to a crescent. They form many genera, among which we will mention the paludina, litterina, paludina, monodonta, janthina, and nerita. The paludini were for a long time confounded with the cyclostomi, but the aperture of their shell is without the rolled lip, and they are provided with branchiae for breathing in the water. They show the first vestiges of the siphon which always exists in the following family. We observe on each side of the body a sort of membranous wing, and on the right side of this prolongation curves into a small canal through which water is introduced into the branchial cavity. Many species are found in fresh waters in the United States. A common species, the Paludina vivipara, so-called because its young are born alive, is marked by purplish longitudinal bands, and the shell is greenish. It abounds in the standing waters of France. The Litterini do not differ much from the Paludini, except that they have a thicker shell and inhabit the sea. The Vino, or Turbo Litorius, the shell of which is round, of a brown color, streaked with black, belongs to this genus. It abounds on the coast of France, where it is eaten by the natives. The monodons are distinguished from the litterini by the presence of a blunt, slightly projecting tooth at the base of the columella. The animal generally bears on each side three or four filaments as long as the tentacles, and has the eyes supported on peculiar pedicles. A small species, the Trochus tessellatus, with a brown shell, spotted whitish, abounds on the coasts of France. The phasianella have an oblong or pointed shell. The aperture is higher than it is wide, and furnished with a strong operculum. The base of the columella is flattened, but there is no umbilicus. These animals inhabit the Indian Ocean, and their shells are much sought after by collectors on account of the beauty of their colors. The shell of the ampullaria is round, ventricose, with a short spire, as in most of the helices. The aperture is higher than it is wide, and provided with an operculum. The columella is umbilicated. The ampullarii inhabit the fresh or brackish waters of hot countries. Many species are found in the United States.
The shell of the melania has the aperture higher than wide, and it enlarges the opposite to the spire. The columella has neither plicy, folds, nor umbilicus. The length of the spire is very various. The animal has long tentacles, the eyes being about one-third of their length on the external side. The melaniae inhabit freshwater rivers. A number of species is met with in the United States. The janthini resemble snails in the general form of their shell, but differ considerably from the different mollusks we have described in the form of the animal. It has no operculum, but carries on its foot a substantial vesicular organ, which resembles froth bubbles, which hinders it from crawling, but enables it to float on the surface of the water. Its head is in the form of a trunk, and has a forked tentacle on each side. The common species, Janthina fragilis, with a very thin violet-colored shell, is very common in the Mediterranean and the seas of all warm regions. Great numbers of them are frequently met with in perfectly calm weather floating on the surface of the ocean. When the animal is touched, it ejects a deep violet-colored liquor, which dyes the water all around it. The vesicular or froth-like buoy is about three times the size of the animal. It is in the form of a cone projecting from one side. The neuridae are distinguished by the columella being a straight line, which makes the aperture of the shell either semicircular or semi-elliptical. They are divided into natica, in which the shell is umbilicate and the operculum horny, into nerita, properly so called, in which the shell is not umbilicate, thick, and the operculum stony, and into neritina, in which the shell is also without an umbilicus, very thin, and the operculum is horny. The last live in fresh waters. End of Lesson 3 Recording by Lauren Huff